Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week, I'm joined by Amanda Steele. Now, Amanda Steele is an author of several novels, poems, and short stories. Um, She's also the creator of a quarterly written media publication called Printed Words. And she's also got a podcast called Reading in Bed, which she does with her partner. So, very busy person. Now, if you couldn't already tell by what Amanda's interests are, she's very much a bookworm. Um, So this kind of chat is a lot about books and things. It's generally any of you bookies out there, um, or whatever people call themselves who read, probably smart people, intellectuals. um, This is all about sort of uh, Amanda's newest books, um, as well as sort of some of the things that goes on with, you know, publishing a book and some of the worries that come up with that and things. Um, She also speaks about sort of her inspirations for some of her books, uh, speaks in detail about the, the quarterly publication and why she started to do that. She speaks about doing a podcast podcast and podcasting in general and we have a brief discussion about uh, religion and spirituality in sort of a light way and talk about sort of different languages we talk about how to learn to become a better writer and how Amanda's sort of grown over the time and much more so you know it's a great one for anyone who's really into written media now, if you are a fan of this episode, I'll say in the end as well, but um, there's episode 56 of Frank Burton and episode 16 with um, Wayne Telford. And this episode 66, so it's quite a lot of sixes, um, seem to be quite uh, central to authors, randomly. Um, it's, yeah, so Frank Burton, number 56, and Wayne Telford, number 16, um, both of them are with authors, as both the guests are authors, and those are two episodes where I specifically talk about you know, writing a book and those sort of things. So if that's something that interests you and you like this chat, then be sure to go check those ones out as well. Before we get started, there'll be a quick promo for the I Wanna Party With Bob podcast. Uh, if you're like me, the name immediately grabs you. Um, but if it's not quite enough, then be sure to listen to the promo. And then um, I've included a link to the site in the show notes. So go check that out afterwards. That's all for me at the moment, guys. Um, I'll be back at the end to talk about what's coming up, as well as the two-week break that I'll be going on shortly. Um, I'll likely be releasing an episode next week, but not the two uh, weeks after that. But I'll get into that at the end. Thanks as always for tuning in guys and I'll talk to all of you at the end. Hello, my name is Bob and I'm a host of the I Wanna Party with Bob podcast. On the podcast, I'll be talking about stuff that I like, stuff that I love, stuff that I appreciate. I'll be talking about music, mostly punk rock music, uh, paranormal topics, mostly about ghosts and haunted places, travel, which ends up being travel to places that are haunted, typically. I'll also be talking about some historical things, uh, history of some bands. We'll have some band interviews in there. I'm a big fan of horror, sci-fi, art, comics, skateboarding, and just fun in general. I invite you to check out the podcast at www.iwantapartywithbob.com. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Podcasts. I'm also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Give it a listen. I would appreciate it. Thank you very much. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton.
I am joined today by Amanda Steele. Uh, hello, Amanda. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Hi. <laughs> it's um it's great to have you on. <laughs> um, you're quite a busy person. I mean, I think if maybe if you got asked, you maybe uh, disagree. But you know, you've got several books out of loads of different genres. You know, short stories, poetries, actual full-on novels. Um, you've also got a podcast out. Um, you've got sort of a publication that you release quarterly with like reviews and lots of community things. So you're a very very busy individual uh, when it comes to sort of writing and books. So I assume just by that premise alone, you are a massive bookworm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, let's let's just start off then. Um, if we go kind of, uh, we'll get into the podcast and that sort of stuff in a little bit. But um, if we go right back, because obviously you've, you've I've got quite a few things here noted down. What was, um, when you were younger, did you sort of, did you know you wanted to be a writer from like a, a young age? Did you know that you always kind of had that sort of creative flow that you always wanted to, to write? And if so, when did that kind of, pop up was it a childhood thing college after that sort of I think the first thing I remember is when I was quite young I must have been about five or six and I started trying to rewrite fairy tales and I got like a big A4 blank sheet and folded it in half and started rewriting the fairy tales inside that and thought of it as my book (laughs) That's incredible. What kind of fairy tales were they? Like uh, Cinderella, that sort of thing, or more? I was just trying to rewrite like little pigs and things like that. (laughs) I can't remember what happened to them in the alternative version, but I wish I still had it. (laughs) That'd be incredible. Yeah, alternative uh, children's stories from the mind of a child. That'd be incredible. Maybe you could get on that and uh, start writing that. It can be another release of yours. Yeah. And so, did you, um, when you went to sort of, did you go to college or university or, or any of those sorts of things? Um, no, I left school when I was 14. Um, a lot of different things happened that I won't mm. really go into. Yeah, that's fine. And I, I didn't do any qualifications until I was in my 30s and started doing a degree and then a master's degree after that. Oh, wow. Incredible. And so when did you sort of release your first uh, written work, essentially? I think it must have been 2014. And it was oh, okay. under the name, what's it lost? No, not lost and found. While well, I was gone. <laughs> now it's okay. been changed to lost and found under the pen name Alicia Black. Ah, I see. Yeah, because we spoke a little bit before recording on that. Um, did you want to just obviously? I think all of your uh, books are released with your name, Amanda Steele, except the Lost yeah. and Found one and two. Uh, just yeah. briefly, did you want to tell the guys why, or uh, well, the guests? Guests? Wow, I'm doing terrible. <laughs> the audience. Uh, did you want to tell the audience why that was? Yeah, I thought I'd got a publisher, and it turned out. It was just some guy, and he was using a name. I'm not going to say what the name was, but he was using a name that was very similar to a big publisher, and I think a lot, but with something else at the end of it. And a lot of people, I think, thought it was that publisher, and even though I knew it wasn't, I joined with them anyway. And then he ran off with everybody's royalties, and then when I tried to warn the other authors, even though I can't prove this, but I started getting harassed online. So it's either a coincidence or it's something to do with that. Hmm. Oh, and then I, see. I moved my books from that name to the Alicia Black name then while he was taking them down because I think it took about three months to take them down. Oh, wow. So I had to go around after telling everybody to buy my book, telling them not to buy my book, which I never thought I'd have to do. <laughs> That's something I've got a couple of friends who are authors and themselves. And um, yeah, I could not imagine many of them telling people to not buy a book. That's normally the complete opposite. It's always begging some of the time. Um, well, obviously, that's, a, that's very much a, a shame that obviously that happened. But my way to assume that you're, you've self-published quite a few works, but is it um, your newest book, um, First Charge, has that been released with a publisher or is that yeah, still that, self? that's with a small publisher from Canada called No Mom Pig. Mm. 
Oh, okay. That's cool. Um, so if we get into sort of, um, obviously some of your works, like you've had a, a quite a wide sort of variety of books. Did you want to want to name some, a couple of the novels or a couple of the, the releases that you've had that you're especially proud of and just give like a little description of what they sort of are? Um, so the Lost and Found part one and two, they were based on what my mum believes about kidnapped children and some of them might be sold to rich couples that can't have children. So I thought, well, what's it going to be like if one of them gets to in the early 20s and finds out their life's been a lie and they've actually been kidnapped and then they get reunited with their family back in England? Oh, wow. That's incredible. And so it's also you've got ones. Um, so see, that in itself is probably some sort of like a... How would you describe it genre-wise? I don't want to put words in your mouth. I think it got classified as women's fiction, but somebody said they don't like that term and it's more drama. Mm, yeah. From the thing, I was thinking more drama or thriller or something. But obviously, you've got um, at least a novel or two which are also sort of at least mildly horror-aligned, aren't there? Because there's one about um, which is After the Zombies. Yeah. I'm a big fan of The Walking Dead. Mm. And I thought, why have I never written about zombies? And my sister's birthday was coming up about three months away. And I thought, I've not got time to write a whole novel in three months and edit it. But I thought I'd write the short novel. Oh, wow. And then I presented it for a birthday and I don't think she was impressed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That, that's really that's really great. I mean, I, personally, I, I'm quite a big fan of Walking Dead and Zombies uh, in general. In fact, I went to um, a convention here a short while ago called Walker Stalker Con. And um, I, I went to that as well. And they had like some panels on with um like the the graphic artist for the walking dead comics and a, a few other things um i think the guy plays shane uh john berthel i think his name was he did like a panel with um yeah. the kid who plays carl and things that was really cool and i did i used to i used to love the walking dead and then um with there's about a billion series out now on you know netflix amazon prime and god knows what so it's just like i've i, I kind of it got to a point where when negan came in and i'd been watching it since the start with a friend of mine and i was enjoying it but i was it kind of took a back seat and then i've just been overloaded with every other show on the planet and now i've just like i don't have time <laughs> i've unfortunately uh stopped watching that but out of interest with, with yourself are there any sort of tv shows or movies or anything that you've uh you really like at the moment i'm a big fan of supernatural I've watched that since the beginning. I've got the tattoo. Oh, wow. you got some tattoos as well. Have you just got the one? You know, the um, anti-possession tattoo, just in case. (laughs) (laughs) That's a perfectly great... I mean, what other reason is there to get a tattoo if it's not something like that? Exactly. Well, that's incredible. Yeah, my friend, um, my housemate, Josh, and friend, I don't know why I prefaced friend and not housemate, but um, my friend and housemate, Josh, um, he loves Supernatural and he watched it all the time. um, He's told me a lot about it and I've seen like the odd uh, bits and pieces of it. Um, But it's it's one of those shows where it's just... it's, It's a huge amount of series now, I think. So it's just that, uh, once again, I, I keep I almost make excuses to myself. I've got Dexter on DVD as well. I don't watch that. And I've got The Wire and things. And I've got mm. so much, not enough time to watch all these things. Um, but anyway, getting back to uh, books and things. Um, so with, um, I'm also interested, you've got a book called Love, Dates and Other Nightmares. Uh, what's that yeah. sort of about? Um, that was before I met my partner, because we've been together over two years now. But before oh, that, nice. I went on a lot of dates. So I was on some dating sites. And a lot of them were bad days. I started writing a poem about each one of them. And then I just thought, I've got a book here. And I just came up with the title, Love Days and Other Nightmares for it. That's wonderful. That's great. It's funny, I know a, a friend of mine, Sophie, um, she's been on the podcast actually, and she was saying um, you know, she was online um, using online dating for quite a while for a bit as well. And she was like, some of the stories she would tell me of the, the people you'd meet online is just mental. 
Yeah, I remember one person's reaction when I went on a date with them and I accidentally spilled that I was writing a book and I was like, oh, you're not going to write one about me, are you? <laughs> I assume you did. <laughs> um, no, he wasn't interested enough. <laughs> oh, that's, what I would, that's the kind of thing I'd want. I'd either, either the, I'd want, um, I mean, I'm in a relationship now, so it's all good, but like if I went on a date with someone, I'd either want it to be interesting enough to write about or good enough to have a second date. Like the worst point is being like boring and sort of uninteresting, yeah. isn't it? I think the no, best yeah. one was a guy that was a writer so I thought oh we'll have lots to talk about and he starts reading his war book out to me which isn't really the kind of thing I like reading about and he was putting on all the really over the top British accents and then he fell on the floor when the main character got shot and he was just lying on the floor oh wow and I was waiting a few minutes and he he never like sat up or anything (laughs) So after a couple more minutes, I think I just left the money for the drinks. Oh wow! That was so it could still be there for all I know. <laughs> God, some people are just mental, aren't they? It's just yeah. The worst thing is as well, they knew the people on the next table because they were his workmates. And at one point, this woman was looking at me, and the way she looked at me, as if she was used to him doing stuff like that. <laughs> Christ, maybe it's like some sort of test. Like, how long can you sit there just looking at him while he's passed, like half passed out on the floor after doing <laughs> method acting? Oh man, people, they, oh, I couldn't even. <laughs> I can't even imagine that happening. That's mental. Is that? I assume that's like in public, in like a coffee shop or a pub or something. Yeah, it was really embarrassing. I never went back to that place again. Oh yeah, I could, can't imagine. <laughs> it's one of two things, isn't it? Either they think that you're dating weirdos, or that they think that somehow you've caused this. Like, <laughs> oh man. Well, um, keeping in, in sort of things of what you've been writing as well, I mean, um, you released a publication called Printed Words. Sorry, my throat is going terribly today. I think I'm starting to get a cold. Um, you released a quarterly publication called Printed Words, and um, you were kind enough to send me um, a sort of a link to it and things, and I'd uh, yeah. read through it a bit. And you have sort of quite a lot of uh, individuals contributing to that. So do you want to tell people a little bit about sort of why you started the Printed Words sub- publication and sort of what it's about and how someone could actually find it if they yeah. hear our chat and interested? Well, I've talked about it a lot, and then, I think December last year I said you know I'm ready to do something like that now my partner says oh we'll do it then so I thought okay I'll stop talking about it and do it (laughs) so I just put the um, call out for submissions in January and then started thinking well it's not going to be monthly because that's going to be too much work and I like to sleep a little bit (laughs) so um, I thought it'll be quarterly and I was really surprised that the response I got to it yeah, because didn't it, um, was it last month or some sort of recent time, it got picked up by sort of another online person that kind of spread the word and then you got sort of inundated with the yeah, sort of submissions? Yeah, I, I submit to magazines myself and there's this place called Six Questions For where they ask you six questions about your publication hmm. and they just contacted me so I knew who they were, so I got back to them straight away. Well, that's, that's great. I mean, it's always good to like sort of, it, it makes you feel good when you're kind of doing something as a passion project, which obviously um, I would assume with um, your writing and things, you know, it would be the dream to have, you know, bestseller and all that sort of stuff, but you're just, um, you're kind of doing it as a passion project. So it must be really, really nice when you have people who uh, are like-minded and like, appreciate the craft and appreciate what you're sort of doing and kind of help you yeah. sort of bring you up a bit. Yeah, because um, we have like a quarterly winner every issue where wins £20 or whatever the equivalent is in their country if they're not in the UK. Mm. And the first issue was um, someone called Alex Asher, who was from Bradford, and he was only 17 when he sent it in. I think he was 18 when it went to publication. And we've had loads of comments about his poem. So it just felt really good that we discovered someone talented. 
Hmm. Well, yeah, that's, that's great. And it's so with this uh, submission thing, where can people uh, go to sort of, I'll include links and stuff in the description I'll, yeah. uh, after the, our chat and stuff, but just so people are listening now, wh- where can they find this? Do you just Google it or? Uh, I'd say the best thing is just to go to Printed Words on Facebook because we've got a Facebook page and you can find everything on there. Oh, perfect. Yeah, well, that, that's it. And obviously, I'll include a link as well to the uh, website mm-hmm. if anyone um, isn't very Facebook savvy and things. Um, but, well, that's perfect. And sort of what are some of the things, you know, that get, actually put in there like i know it's i know a general thing but what are some of the uh criteria to submit to these um we have a maximum of 50 lines which is more than most i think most say 40 lines and i think it's a maximum of two thousand words for a short story or five thousand words for flash fiction or creative non-fiction or with book reviews Mm. Well, that's great. I mean, that's, it's nice to have some sort of like uh, a variety because obviously you, you must be passionate about sort of all written works. I mean, obviously nonfiction, fiction, uh, poetry, and also short stories. Um, do you have like a like a favorite of those that you like to write yourself? Uh, I like short stories. If I'm writing like a novel, I like to write a short story like every month. And then I feel like at least I've got something finished while I'm writing on the big po- project. Oh, nice. Well, how um, so how often are you sort of writing and releasing things? Do you have like one thing going on at once, or do you kind of, as as you say, you've got like little short stories? Do you have like twenty different ideas at once, and you're just kind of slowly knacking at each yeah, of them? I've got loads of different things I'm working on, and how it normally works is I'll work on something for maybe an hour and then go on to the next thing because I just don't have the concentration span to sit like for five hours on the same thing oh yeah i can imagine but then it'll be like nothing's coming out for ages and all of a sudden i'll have to stagger everything otherwise it all comes out at once <laughs> i do something uh obviously i'm not a creative individual uh, such as yourself but it's like um i have that occasional podcast guests where i'm just really really busy and i have like loads and loads of people and they're so like, okay I-, I need to take a break now from talking to people because i've got yeah. so many for i've started telling people just hold back and things for a while because i'm so um, busy with it but it-, it must be amazing having that sort of a creative output essentially to be able to you know you can just think like something comes into your mind essentially and you can kind of well you can translate it you that's essentially almost what authors are in a lot of ways is like you're translators of thought essentially yeah. you know something comes in your mind and you can you can put it on page for everyone to kind of consume and read and things so is there a, a piece of your work that you're currently most proud of um there's something that i've just finished now i'm just in the final editing and it's a paranormal crime book and it's mm. written from the first person of the character who wakes up in the morgue next to her own dead body and realizes she's dead. Oh, wow. That sounds incredible. Way, yeah, the way she goes to deal with that is by solving her own murder, because otherwise I think she'd just go a bit, get freaked out, I think. <laughs> well, <laughs> so yeah, a coping mechanism that she tries to solve her own murder. <laughs> that is a that's a really good idea. I don't think I've heard something like that before. That's very interesting. Um, do you find that like a lot of obviously you mentioned Walking Dead, but do you find there's um other thing other pieces of media give you inspiration? And if so, is that more so books or TV or movies? Is that or is it like a mix? I just get random ideas, and sometimes I, I like if I'm working on a lot of things, I'll store them on my phone because I think well I can't take on any more now because I need to sleep sometimes. <laughs> so I'll. Then I'll go back to it and I'll remember like some of the ideas from it, but I won't remember where it came from. Mm, I can imagine so. I mean, I've the amount of times where I've been like, um, it's almost key when I'm laying in bed and things. And if I ever have that thought of, oh, this is a good idea for you know X Y Z, 
And it's like, it was always when I'm just falling asleep and I'm just like a moments away from sleep. That's like, wait a minute, best idea ever. And it's like, if I don't write that down, it is gone into the abyss forever. Mm. So I can imagine someone like yourself must have like a notepad by your bedside at all times. Yeah. <laughs> so um, leading on from that then, essentially, I mean, not only have you obviously got your novels and things that you're releasing as well as that, but you also have a podcast. Um, so what what's the podcast called? And uh, yeah, what's it called? And what would you guys do on the podcast, essentially? It's called Reading in Bed. I do it with my partner, Andy N. And we review books, usually between four and six books a month between the pair of us. Oh, wow. God. You must see, do you guys, are they always books that you sort of read in that month? Or do you, are there sometimes you have other books that you just know you love? Occasionally, if we've not read enough books to fill the podcast, one of us might go back to something that we've not reviewed, but we've read like a few months or a few, sometimes even a few years before. Oh, that's really interesting. What kind of made you guys want to start a podcast? You just both loved reading so much and you just kind of, why not? Uh, well, before I got together with my partner, I did, I think it was recommended reads. I tried to do this podcast and I found that about after 10 or 15 minutes of just sat there talking to myself, I just felt a bit weird. And I think it lasted about three or four episodes. And then I gave up. And then I'd been with my partner a while and I thought, we well, could do a podcast together because he does one called Spoken Labour where he interviews like writers and things like that. So it wasn't like a big stretch for him to do a podcast because he knew a lot about it already. Mm, I see. It's always great to have those sort of connections and things, isn't it? And um, I mean, you must read so many books. Even like for most people, reading four or five books sort of, obviously it's between you, so it's like a couple of months. I mean, that's that's madness. Uh, Well, not madness in a bad way. Obviously, it's really good. But it's like I, I read like probably one book a year. And a lot of the time I'm actually reading while traveling somewhere or getting a tattoo or something so do you you guys kind of once you get home from work and things and for your kind of downtime sometimes you just kind of sit next to each other quietly appreciating each other's company and reading and stuff yeah sometimes i I just try to make time to read Mm. it's something you're passionate about so you know it's always good to make time for passions and things um is is your partner also does he uh, write or anything like that yeah, he writes and he does podcasts and he does ambient music and I'm sure I'm missing something else as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you guys are like a power couple of sort of creative outputs. That's incredible. Well, somebody described us as the um, posh and becks of poetry world, but nicer. <laughs> oh wow, that is a really good. You should definitely have that as the the tagline of the uh, of yeah, your we'll podcast. Get it made on a t-shirt. <laughs> definitely, that'd be amazing. And so, what are some of the, your favourite? your favourite book series and some of your favourite sort of books in general that you've had like over the years? It doesn't have to be anything recent, just some ones that really, really like, meant something to you. Um, I seem to get drawn into the ones that have um, crazy women in them. Was <laughs> <laughs> it like Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, that sort of thing, or like even there's, further? There's one called um, Jane Doe by Victoria Helen Stone, I think she's called, but I think that's a pen name. I've forgotten what her real name is now. And I really enjoyed reading that. And that was from the point of view of a sociopath mm. who sets out to get revenge. And I just I just liked the way it was written. She had really good intentions, but obviously the things she was doing are things that normal people wouldn't do. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> and what are some of the other – so are there, um, are there genres of books that you specifically like uh, reading or more drawn to? Obviously, you mentioned the, uh, the Crazy Women, but are there any sort of genres that you like a bit more or less? Um, I do like crime, but it has to be something really good. Like mm. sometimes I'll read one and I'll just be really disappointed. 
Yeah. Well, I can imagine the thing is, is that like, um, cause my dad, he was a huge reader and he used to read like, um, Joe Nesbo and some of those sort of things. And it's like, he used to say like the amount of books there actually are, people couldn't even believe. But the thing is, is it's almost like music in some way where you can get into a certain genre and you can, if you love that genre, you can find a lot of cool stuff in there. But a lot of the time there is just a lot of almost like drivel in it like not to downplay any specific authors or anything but the amount of books that you read you must read some ones that are just really really bland yeah there was one that was really annoying me because it was supposed to be a twist and they kept using the characters names over and not saying he or she (laughs) and the apparent twist was that the person you think was a man was a woman and the other way around (laughs) no but i'd kind of figured it out by then because of the overuse of names because there's no way they could have used the names that much without there being a good reason for it oh exactly i mean i, I mean i'm a big movie buff and i noticed that sort of thing you know in the first half hour of a movie if they put loads of attention on like one really random arbitrary detail it's like well, well that's going to come up in the future then isn't it? <laughs> so yeah. i totally get what you mean and, and when you were when you were a kid as well uh, when you were a oh, kid child whatever um did you Obviously, you said you like reading and you like sort of rewriting fairy tales. Were there any authors that really inspired you then, uh, as it were? Uh, I'm not sure there was any that inspired me. I used to like reading Roald Dahl. I was I was actually uh, going to mention Roald Dahl, funnily enough, because yeah. he was what I loved the most as a kid. What were your say, found some of your favourite Roald Dahl books? Um, I like The Witches. Mm, yeah, that's a great one. I mean, I really liked. Um, I mean, I quite liked Quinton Blake's um, sort of artwork and stuff on his um, on the covers and things as well. But I remember um, Fantastic Mr. Fox was one of the ones that I loved the most. Um, oh, I remember reading that at school as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I don't. I'm try- well, I went to. I'm I'm not a Catholic. I'm an atheist. But my primary school was Catholic. Was Catholic. So we didn't read. We basically just read the Bible for the first you know ten years of my life. But fortunately, uh, my parents, especially my dad, loved to read. So you know, I remember reading like Willy Wonka and the Willy Wonka and the Great Glass Elevator and you know um, I think there was I, I never read Matilda weirdly enough and I only saw the film of that like recently which is terrible apparently because that's one of the best yeah, ones the book's better. yeah <laughs> oh I can I can tell it's, it's very very rare for anyone to say that the film or the series is better than the book like that is I think the only time I know of anyone to say that one could maybe argue is that the uh, the Lord of the Rings books, some people say the, the extended films are better, only on the basis that um, J.R.R. Tolkien, he goes into such unbelievable detail. He writes, obviously, because they were written um, after the war and things, so it was so many years before. And he was in like, my dad used to say, it's a really interesting read, but he spent about 12 pages describing like a cliff because <laughs> it's just, it's not that. <laughs> Nowadays, when you describe things, you know, sometimes uh, less is more but obviously because we've seen you know most people have traveled now people see things on tv so if you just say sort of uh, a vague description of something people make up the pieces in their head but i wonder if back then you know around the war sort of time when people didn't have as much access to media that you had to describe it a bit more because people maybe didn't have that memory or that imagination maybe i'm not yeah. sure but, um i was going to ask as well with them um, some of your works um Obviously, you've got a lot of things that are written media. Have you uh, delved into sort of uh, releasing them as audiobooks or has it ever come into consideration? Um, there's a chance one of my books is going to be an audio book, but oh. I'm just waiting to back from someone, so I can't uh, say too much. <laughs> oh, okay. I won't, I won't delve too far into that then. But um, yeah, because I mean, a friend of mine, a gentleman called Frank Burton, um, once again, he is a friend. I'd <laughs> preface that. that um, he, um, yeah, he's a podcaster too. He's got the Ragbag podcast and um, he's a writer. And he recently released a book called um, 100 and it's 100 short stories, um, but they all like, a lot of them have the same characters and it's kind of all intertwining and it's, um, it's all based in sort of the same place and things and um he released 
an audio book as well, um, specifically. And he said he has already has a podcast, and he was like, "Oh, well, you know, I've got I've got a podcast. Releasing an audio book would be easy." And then he said it was so much more difficult than you think it is because, like, yeah. when you do a podcast, it's just like you know, just having a chat. It it does, or obviously with you guys, when it's just reviewing books or whatever the podcast is, it's kind of like generally it's a bit more casual. But when you're doing an audio book, like everything has to kind of be quite precise and quite specific and obviously yeah. hearing your own voice like i don't know if you get this if you ever listen back to the the podcast that you do or if you ever edit them or anything but like i have to, I have to hear my own voice whenever i do these chats quite a lot and it gets pretty unbearable sometimes yeah. just hearing it going around the loop so i don't know if, if if you feel like that as well when you sometimes listen back yeah, to the podcast when I first well after the zombies i started releasing the chapter a week on soundcloud oh wow and i really hated that and about a month or two after they were all up there i took them all down again oh wow <laughs> That's a shame i'm sure a lot of people would enjoy that but maybe if you hate your voice uh, that much maybe it's worth uh obviously with potentially i'm not going to delve too deep but with uh the potential upcoming audiobook other people could do it and things as well and do you um so when you're traveling around and things do you do you find yourself listening to audiobooks or um podcasts audio dramas anything like that much or are you just quite an avid reader um, i kind of dip in and out of subscribing to audible yeah depending on what books they are on there mm. but i have a lot of my kindle as well yeah, I've got a big box of physical books as well and a big massive bag. So I think in total I've got about 100 unread books. Oh, wow. And I keep buying them faster than I can read them. <laughs> I'm the same with that with DVDs. The problem is, if, like I went out to like this market in Wales um, the weekend just gone and obviously no one watches DVDs anymore. No one even really seems to have them except me. So I went there and there was about... It's probably about 3,000 across all the places and they're all worth about 50p. And I'm there with my girlfriend and she's like, you don't need any more. You've already got like 50 DVDs at home that you haven't watched. It's like, but look, they're so cheap. They're so interesting. I need more. <laughs> I, I have the opposite problem. I'll be in the charity shop. My partner will be like, just get any books and I'll pay for them. They're only like 50 pence each. Because <laughs> I've got loads at home and he was like, oh, go on. <laughs> so I can get more books and I don't know where to put <laughs> oh yeah well, books take up a lot of space i mean yeah i'm getting uh, moaned out because i've got not enough space for my dvds either so i totally feel that and um i was gonna say as well because i was going to mention the, the sort of kindle um kindle thing because a lot of people who are avid bookworms are really really against having like a kindle thing it's like were you quite an early adopter of that or did someone kind of buy it for you as a gift and you're a bit well the thing with me is i've always had bad eye in my right eye so I can only read the physical book for a limited amount of time. Mm. And the Kindle I've got lights up on the screen, so I can spend more time reading that. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So it's just like, you know, screw you, nature. Like, I've got, I don't need, my eyes are going, I'll get a Kindle, you know? Yeah, I'll just make my left eye go bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good excuse. And if they both go, obviously, God forbid, if they both go, then you've still got audiobooks. So there's no stopping yeah. you. You're all sorted. As long as I don't go deaf as well. <laughs> exactly, you know. Fingers crossed that you don't go deaf. Um, <laughs> which is a really weird sentence to say. But, um, <laughs> well, when it comes to um with with poetry for example i wouldn't know ask sort of um I, i've never it, this is not to downplay poetry in any way it's just obviously people have different interests and in things but me personally poetry didn't connect with me in the same way that a lot of reading did and that sort of stuff um there's one poem called um it's half cast by i think it's john agard um and i really really like that one if anyone listening hasn't uh, checked that one out you can, i think you can go on youtube and hear him saying it and things it's, it's only short um but i want to know are there any sort of any poets that you especially like or if there's any poems that you'd really recommend people check out I do like Wendy Cope. I only discovered her in the last year when I had to 
read somebody else's poem on a poetry day special thing. Okay. But I think when I was at school, the problem was the poems that they give you to read, I really didn't like them and I just thought that's all poetry was. And I never really started reading and writing poetry until I was older and I discovered there was more to it than just those poems from school. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I remember that. I remember being at school. Um, I found it with a lot of things. Like I found it with um, science and poetry, just do random things. I was like, I oh, know this is all boring and stuff. And then, you know, you leave school and then you're like, oh, I can kind of choose what I want to read or choose what I want to learn about science. And then you go, yeah. oh, it's actually really interesting out there. They just chose terrible examples. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember um, someone I used to know, she um, she really liked, uh, who was it? Um, oh, I had it in my head. I was about to say Agatha Christie, but that's completely wrong. I mean, that is an author, but it's not a poet. It's, um, yeah. oh, it's the one who it did something about daffodils. I'm going to hate myself for uh, not remembering this. It's gone. I'll have to, I guarantee as soon as we stop chatting, I'll remember it immediately and then I'll feel like such a fool. Um, so I want to ask as well, is are there any sort of, Obviously, we spoke about books that are some of your favourites. Are there any that you you really recommend people read? Like a like one that almost, in in a sense, changed your life. Like some people have that kind of book that really changed them. I don't know if you have one of them or just any that are massive favourites that you love. Um, I like the Amanda Lovelace books. Any of the specific ones that you really like and any sort of reasoning? I got one at Christmas. I can't remember which one it was now. Another <laughs> one called The Witch Doesn't Die in this one, and they're just all sort of fairy tale sounding poems. Mm. They're like very different to what you'd expect like traditional poetry to be. Some of them are like really short mm. and some of them are like in different formats. And I know a lot of people didn't like them because they were saying, oh, well, that's not poetry. <laughs> people being really <laughs> anal about poetry. So it's, sort of, it's just yeah. art, isn't it? It's just expression. It's just what you sort of want to do. And do you find that like with some of your writing in itself, do you find that it's, it's all quite fictional or do you kind of do you have life events of yours? Obviously, you don't have to go into specifics, really personal things, but do you find like it's a mix or do you find it's pure fiction that you come up with? Um, some of it's fiction. Sometimes if I'm writing something and somebody's annoyed me, I might put something in, <laughs> but I'll make sure they don't recognise it. <laughs> <laughs> that must be brilliant. Just like I have this person that you really don't like and you're like, oh, maybe they'll just fall down the stairs in this book. Ooh, it's a daisy. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's incredible. And so I just want to get into sort of um, your, your newest book, uh, what the one, obviously, you've got the newest one that is soon to be released, but um, um, the one first charge. I wonder if you could sort yeah. of describe that to us a little bit, sort of the, the premise, because I, I heard you on um, somewhere else. I can't remember exactly why I heard you talking about it, but it sounded like a really interesting premise. So I just wondered if uh, you could explain it to us a little bit. Yeah, I came up with the idea of having the mermaid descendant. I don't know how long I'd been thinking about it. And then I was on a zombie walk with my partner before we got together and another friend, and we were talking about it then. And I wasn't going to start it until the following January. I ended up starting it the following month because it was a national novel writing month. Mm. Well, that's really cool. So, so what's the, what is there, like if you had the blurb almost, essentially, the, the almost selling point, like What? why would you want people to read this? What's the sort of appeal of uh, First Charge? Um, it's kind of a grey area. Like Meredith and Theo, who's a guardian, they're descendants of like mythical creatures. She's descended from mermaids and he's descended from shapeshifters. Mm. And they're trying to save the world. But then there's an alternative group that are trying to kill the people they're trying to save, but they have their own reasons for it. Oh, wow. So they both think that they're in the value. Wow, that's incredible. And so is there, did you have anything that sort of, obviously you said that you're going on that walk and things, like zombie walks. Do you... Do you go on lots of zombie walks and those sort of things like quite often? Because I used to personally uh, partake in them. I used to you know, get zombie makeup on me and, you know, people walking through like dark forts and things, you know, kind of sneak up on them and stuff. Do you do that sort of stuff quite a lot? 
Uh, it was the only time I've been on one. It was a big organised one just the weekend before Halloween. Mm. And I went and got a little Red Riding Hood costume, splattered it with blood, <laughs> did my face up and called myself Little Dead Riding Hood. That is amazing. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. My friend Bradley did something different, but he's quite a large gentleman with a big beard. So maybe it was a bit scary when he was dressed up as Red Riding Hood covered in blood. And I was going to say as well... Um, I, I know, I don't know if you uh, are happy to speak about it, but um, I noticed that I think on your site somewhere, uh, you mentioned sort of about tarot cards and stuff. I don't know if you want to talk about that at all. Yeah, I did start doing tarot cards for a bit. I did a course online. I uh, started trying to offer them online. I think I got quite a few people taking it up for free, but then the moment I started trying to charge for it, then everyone was just like, all gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's always the, the way with those sorts of things isn't it not just like a tower reading things but it's like you know when it's free everyone wants it all the time and then yeah. as soon as you know maybe it'd be 5p no it's too much for me can't, can't touch that it's, it's like people <laughs> yeah. like that all the time but i was going to say as well with um with sort of the tower reading uh what made you obviously you took a course online was there something specific like, about the spirituality of it that you enjoy is it sort of uh, the visual sort of the introspection because my sister-in-law does that sort of thing as well and you know i'm an atheist but i'm not I'm more of an agnostic than atheist, really, as I've getting older. But I'm I'm kind of just interested in sort of different perspectives. Yeah. So I just wondered what what got you into that. Yeah, I'm interested in that kind of thing. And I was having a talk with my friend who actually works on a tarot line where people phone in and she does the readings over the telephone. Mm. And she was saying, "Oh, you could do something like that." So then I started practicing with the idea that I would go on to do something like that. Mm. but then just other stuff took over <laughs> well, i can imagine yeah well you're an incredibly busy individual <laughs> with a podcast publications being an author as well with your day job and everything else that goes on and obviously you have to sleep um but, but yeah so i want to ask just in general sort of are there um if you don't mind me asking about it your sort of world view on things like is there obviously you speak about sort of um, when you're young you had fairy tales and things and there's the tarot cards and stuff there's quite a lot of sort of uh, mythos a lot of uh, mythology and spirituality is there anything that you if you're okay with sharing at all anything that you're kind of your world view in, in, in a sense like um to make things easier like for me for example um i, I said i'm an atheist agnostic but i kind of generally believe everything is made up of like energy and that's what binds everything that's alive you know like trees and yeah. dogs and humans we all we've all got energy going through us and therefore that's what kind of connects us is this live we're all alive and that's i don't believe in necessarily a god or a deity not that there's anything wrong with that but i just kind of feel like everything is like a an even playing field and we're all just alive in some capacity so i didn't know what your sort of your views were maybe on spirituality or anything like that yeah i think there's more to what we see at the moment I believe a lot in past lives as well. Mm. I feel like I've been here before. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of interesting things. Like um, uh, an idea that I had um, was, you know, you can get a lot of people who are very sceptical about this sort of thing, and understandably to a degree. But what I found is, for example, um, a way of putting it is memories are essentially just bits of energy in your brain, and your brain is just atoms uh, sort of arranged in a specific way, and it, it makes, you know, a brain. And I was thinking... In theory, you could have if 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 a memory can be is basically just energy essentially. In theory, you could potentially you know transfer that energy to someone else, and someone else could process that. So, living past lives and things like consciousness is such a thing that we really don't understand at the moment. And you know maybe further down the line, if we can understand it a lot more in depth, then 
maybe my view on it will change. But it seems like consciousness is such this strange thing that we can't really figure out. It wouldn't surprise me thinking that people had passed away and then at least parts of the energy that makes up their conscious gets reborn in other people. Is, is that almost a vague idea of what you think? Or is there something in your life that happened that yeah, made you think that? I used to- I used to know someone whose dad did um, past life regressions. So he did one on me and it came out that I'd been burnt as a witch. Oh. <laughs> which sounds weird when I tell people, but that doesn't mean that I was a witch. It's just <laughs> I think that, that they thought I was. That's what they'd a witch would want you to say. Yeah. So mm. <laughs> now that, no, I think it uh, makes a lot more sense now with all your sort of, uh, <laughs> with all your mythical writing and things. But that's, that's really interesting though. I mean, some of the worldviews that, uh, you hold on that as well and so do you believe um once again if i'm delving too deep uh, just let me know but like do you think of obviously past lives do you think there is a heaven or a hell or do you think it's reincarnation or do you think it's just uh? <laughs> um i'm not sure about heaven and hell i, I used to be really religious because oh. i was when i was about eight i started going to brownies at the local church mm. and then you had to go every month and then we got involved in that and i became a christian and then a lot of stuff happened that I won't go into and I just kind of lost my faith. But I was always interested in the other stuff as well, mm-hmm. even though that's the kind of thing they don't like you thinking about. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I can really <laughs> I understand that completely. I mean, as I said slightly earlier, I went to a Catholic school, a primary Catholic school. Um, neither of my parents are religious, but it was just a, quite a good school and they would you know, try and force me into a lot of this doctrine, a lot of this ideology and things. And w- whenever I'd ask questions about certain things, they, they'd always not want me to to ask the sort of questions. That's what kind of bothered me quite a lot. You know, that yeah. I, I love curiosity. I love interest, like intrigue. That's obviously why I've got this podcast. It's just, I want to talk to people who I find interesting, such as yourself, who do incredible, great things that, you know, I don't do. And it's that curiosity that I love, you know? Yeah. Well, the thing I had a problem with is if you say, oh, why has such and such happened? And you used to say, oh, God gives people free will. And they never really gave me an answer when I said, so if I'm walking down the street and someone's free will is to hit me over the head with a hammer, <laughs> then, <laughs> then that's their free will. But obviously it's not mine because I don't really like being hit over the head with hammers. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, there <laughs> The problem is with, you know, once again, anyone who's listening who is religious, I'm not trying to downplay their beliefs or anything, but it's just when you have a a, a doctrine, when you have, like, ironically, when you have a book, <laughs> the conversation's kind of uh, going around, when you have a book that has these specific guidelines that were written, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of years ago, it just gets a bit hazy. You know, people should just live and let live, you know, just if you believe in reincarnation or if you believe in heaven or hell or anything like that, that's cool, but just, you know, be nice about it, essentially. Yeah, I think a lot of the Bible is sort of lost in translation a bit as well. Yeah, I 100% agree. Like when we get our submissions in for printed words, we get a lot from people in other countries. And if English is good, it's better than any other language because that I speak because I don't speak any other languages. <laughs> Same. But then there's like certain words to put in and it, I feel like it means something in their language, but it doesn't mean anything in mine. And it's like the Bible's been around for much longer than that. So it's probably been mistranslated so many times by now. Mm, yeah i completely agree and i think um i think at one point um this may not I, i'm pretty certain this is the case but if it's not i do apologize to any listeners who are uh, more educated but i seem to recall it being at one point the bible was written in a language that essentially only like one group of essentially it was other monks or scholars only they could understand it there was like a group of like a few hundred of them and they translated it into a more common tongue and then it kind of spread across and it's like well 
not only is the translation obviously but anyone can do it you know go go and obviously didn't have it back then but google translate if you put like a whole paragraph of something in there you change it to a language and then you change it back to the original it doesn't it's not the same most of the time i've done that before (laughs) it's not it doesn't make any sense (laughs) exactly i mean have you ever tried mate earl of reesing have any of your works been uh, published in other countries or have you contemplated that if they haven't no, it's something I've thought about trying to get someone to do. It's not something I would do myself, because mm. it'd make even less sense than it does now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I can imagine. I mean, it's one of those things where it's just like, I mean, learning another language. I mean, my girlfriend, she's a language teacher, so she can speak French, Spanish, and Italian. So it's like, she, because some of her family is Italian as well. So if her dad calls her and they start speaking on the phone Italian, it's just like, what? What, what, like, I can't even, I'm, I just feel stupid, <laughs> in all honesty. Just sat there, like me, just barely being able to speak English. And then there's a woman next to me who can speak four languages. It's insane. I mean, are there, I mean, if you could, if you could speak any language, just a random question, would, would there be one that you'd love to talk, love to speak? Um, I've started learning Portuguese a couple of times and then just got distracted by other things. That's quite an interesting language. Why, why Portuguese out of interest? I don't know. I used to have a Portuguese pen pal years ago, and I don't know. That's just the language that keeps coming up every time I think about learning a language now. Mm. Well, I mean, obviously Portugal speaks it, but also um, Brazil speaks Portuguese as well, to my knowledge. Uh, I'm not sure if anywhere else in South America does, but obviously, you know, you're in North of England and I'm in the South of England, so yeah. that's the thing that always stops me. I'm always like, I really want to learn a new language. It's like, but you have to put a lot of time and effort into it. It's like, maybe I don't want to learn a new language as much. Maybe I just want to plug something in the back of my head, like in the Matrix, and just know it. That'd be nice. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> That'd be lovely, wouldn't it? Um, looping back to the um, some of the things that you write about as well, um, I think I saw online that you you write some online articles and things on the odd occasion. I think you have a blog. I mean, what do you sort of write about there? Is it just things you think about or is it are there specific things? Um, sometimes it's just the stories behind my stories that I've put online rather than just putting a link saying buy my book. Mm. It's just more like where's this story come from kind of thing. Mm. And I've had a couple of sales from doing that. I mean, yesterday I put one on about a job that I applied for and that was just more of kind of like a warning Mm. because it turned out it was somebody's house. I didn't go to it. I Googled it and it was a residential address. Mm. I see. So that was really concerning. So I just put that out as a warning, really. Oh, wow, that's nice. I mean, it's nice that you put that out as a warning. Not <laughs> nice that you could have gone to this random person's house. That'd be quite freaky. Well, um, also, I was going to say, with um, do you have? Um, you must find that you have a few fans that are kind of like uh, like a, probably a little community around yourself. Because like, how, how long have you been? When was your the first uh, thing you actually released? How how long ago was that again? Sorry, that'll be twenty fourteen. So five. There's years a ago. few. People- from the course I was on when I was doing it because I was doing a creative writing course with the Open University back then so there's a couple of people who pop up every now and then in the reviews for them from back then mm. and I do a lot of uh, spoken word in the Manchester area so a few people buy books from that as well oh that's cool so I assume the spoken word is like live performance good like a I don't know a, a, what would it be like a, a pub or a bar is it libraries where, where, where do people do spoken um, word well, one we go to in a library, there's one we go to at Stockport Art Gallery, but that's sort of more sat in a circle, more like a writing group. You don't stand up, you just sit down and read to the rest of the group. Oh, man. And then the f- first place that I ever read out, my hands were shaking, and it's called Speakeasy in Stretford in Manchester. And now, uh, somehow, I got roped into helping out with that. <laughs> so many years later and I thought I'd never even get up and read anything and now I'm up and out of the night <laughs> oh wow did you find that your writing has helped you sort of 
grow as a person in some way not only the writing but maybe the spoken word do you think that's kind of how, why you have to write about these other characters and kind of flush out the deep de- depths of these characters do you find that that's kind of helped you in a sense in any way yeah um i couldn't have imagined standing up in front of 50 people in a library and reading anything out before and now i just do it all the time but it doesn't clash with anything else mm. And then, like, I've been for job interviews and stuff where you've got to go up and do a presentation, and I just try to imagine that I'm just on stage doing a spoken word type thing. <laughs> Most people would say things like, you know, I imagine them in my underwear, in their underwear, or imagine I'm somewhere, you know, <laughs> quite at home with a cup of tea. And you imagine there's more people and you're on a stage. That is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely fantastic. Um, I was going to say, I mean, some of these things, I mean, you know, you do spoken word, you have a publication out, you have a podcast out, you you have you know, short stories, poetry, you have a blog. I mean, is there, is there anything further that you're going to try and, and you know, on and off learning Portuguese? Is, uh, do you, is there anything else that you're trying to sort of uh, delve into that you're starting to, if there's anything you can speak about? Um, yeah, I've got a place at the Festival of Manchester at the end of August for printed words so that's going to be me and my partner and a few contributors who live in Manchester and we've got an hour between us to read our poetry out that's been in the magazine oh wow that's really cool I mean you must meet so many cool obviously as you mentioned that um that young man who was in one of the first uh, printed words I mean you must be get to interact with some really really interesting characters uh, who have got really creative uh really creative heritage you must uh, speak with yeah, there's been some really good writers that have sent work in. Occasionally we're reading through the pile and I start thinking of these people having a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but then you get to the one good thing and you think, oh, right, this is why I'm doing it. Mm, yeah, I can feel, I can really uh, understand and sympathise with that. Um, but we're starting to, uh, we're starting to sort of uh, wrap up almost a little bit. So I just want to ask a couple of things. When it comes to... With your writing a book, like I know that you've um, you've said that sometimes you do like an hour of it and it comes here and there mm-hmm. and things, but how long does it generally take you to sort of to write a book like over weeks, months, years? I mean, I know you said that it took you like a, a couple of months to write that short story uh, for your sister, but yeah. how long does it normally take to write like a, a full length of the book essentially, like for, like a first chance? About six or seven months, including editing. Mm, I see. And do you edit it yourself, or do you get like sort of friends to read it and things? I edit it myself, but I do a lot of different types of editing. So I read it on the screen and then I'll print it off and read it and I'll see mistakes that I didn't see on the screen. Mm. And then I've got like a voice thing that reads it out. So if the words don't sound right, I'll check in the document and see if it's just the voice sounding weird or if it's a problem with what I've written. That's really interesting. Yeah, because that obviously, as someone who's never written a book or really even tried, it's uh, it is something interesting. Like you know, I mean, I do it work in a very, very, very minor sense of just like writing an email, and then I rewrite, then I reread it, and I go, oh no, that's fine, and then I send it and look at it, and there's like four words wrong, so I can see the whole. Well, I've done that. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I can see like the printing out thing. I, I find like me personally, I, I much. I think that the reading on paper, it does. It, I don't know what it is about a screen, but I feel like I connect more when it's it's physical. You know. Yeah, I can spend ages staring at the same thing and then I send it somewhere and then the mistake comes. It's like, where did that come from? <laughs> Just jumps out at you all it's of a like, sudden. It's like, wasn't there when I sent it? <laughs> <laughs> put that there? Someone's hacking into your emails and just putting your little yeah. typos. Oh, man. Well, that's incredible. I mean, we're getting near the hour mark now, so I'll start to wrap up. You've been very generous with the time and it's been a fantastic yeah. chat already. I mean, time's flown by. Um, I didn't know if there's anything you kind of wanted to... For anyone who's aspiring to be a writer or anything, is there any sort of advice you'd give to people who want to kind of do something with it 
Um, I think you need to learn from somewhere. Like I've come across people that have said, I don't want to do courses and I don't want to read. And I wouldn't say you have to do a certain thing, but you do have to do something to learn in, in some form or other. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's an interesting thing. I mean, obviously, with I imagine, do you find that since you started writing, you know, obviously you, you've probably been writing for your entire life in certain bursts, but do you find that as you're getting more experienced in, in the writing world, essentially, that you're you're becoming a lot more better at it essentially and you didn't realize yeah i remember a story that i wrote when i was in my early 20s and i sent it off to an anthology and they got back to me and basically they liked the idea but they thought my writing was rubbish and i had a writer friend at the time who was a couple of years younger than me which makes it worse so i give her the story to write the same story but in a better way and then it got accepted under both of our names oh oh wow well i suppose that's uh that's kind of like uh, it's almost like, you know, you stub your toe um, and then you look down, you find five pound note. It's like, well, I guess it's, it's nice that you've kind of, uh, it's, it's a shame that you had that sort of, you know, the the negative part of that of where they, they didn't accept it. But at least the silver lining situation is that you kind of collaborative project. I mean, have you, yeah. have you released any other collaborative projects or like any books or uh, short story novels or anything like that? Not yet, but I've been writing um, some seven-word poems with my partner mm. because I started writing one on Instagram and it's just supposed to be a one-off. And then he followed on from it and then he says, your turn. And then we ended up writing, I think, about 26 so far. There's going to be possibly about 30 and we're going to release them in a book. Mm. And because it's Instagram, each one's just going to have its own picture and then a couple of lines, which is seven words. Oh, that's incredible. That'd be, that's, that sounds like a really, really cool idea as well. Yeah, it's really challenging though because you think seven words is easy, but you're trying to get a whole poem into seven words is really difficult. Yeah, I would be terrible with that. I mean, I, I say about a thousand words when I'm trying to say one point. I mean, someone said to me once, um, uh, it, ironically, I'm literally, I could have just finished that sentence there, but instead I'm going to verbally waterboard you with an anecdote. Is um, A friend of mine said, um, he's like, you know what I really like about you, Mike? And I was like, oh, what? He's like, you go into insane detail about everything. And I was like, doesn't really sound like a compliment though, does it? It's like... <laughs> so apparently I just seven words god and if you asked me what I had for breakfast I, I would use some more than seven words for that even if I've had just a bowl of cereal I'll have to go into the intricacies yeah. of it well detail's supposed to be good in fiction well so I keep being told <laughs> well, I mean you're the expert not me I mean I've, that could be the case but I think if I wrote a book it'd be worse than J.R. Tolkien I'd spend probably three chapters writing about a damn cliff so <laughs> but um so yeah I was gonna say is there anything you you want to um kind of finish off with as we uh, sort of come to an end and once again thank you very much for your time is there is there anything you want to tell people like, we'll, t- we'll get you to you know uh, say all your promotional stuff of uh, where you can find everything but is there anything you kind of the final note in a sense that you want to tell everyone that's listening uh, i think the only other thing is that my poetry book pieces of me is available to pre-order and it's out in september mm. that's that's amazing i mean i'll be um i'll include a link to that because um i'll be releasing that Obviously, we're Tuesday now. I'll be releasing it on the coming Sunday, so it'll be nice. It'll be quite uh, out quite soon, so that'll be good. I'll include all the links and things. Um, but yeah, if you just want to quickly say where people can sort of not only find your work, but obviously because you've got all these different places, um, if you just want to yeah. say all the different ones, and then we'll sort of stop. I think if you just go to the website, which is amandasteelwriter.com, I usually post links there, but there's loads of little sub-pages. So it's like a little treasure hunt trying to find a page that you want. <laughs> that's a bit of fun though, isn't it? Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, I'll be sure to include a, a link to that as well. And, um, you know, it's been an absolute treat having you on here, Amanda. It's been really, really great. So thank you so much. Okay, thanks. 
And that's the end of the podcast. Thanks as always for tuning in, guys. Um, as I said in a couple of the previous outros, um, I'm actually going on holiday. Um, so I'm next week I should be releasing an episode. I plan on doing a solo episode um, where I'm just going to basically ramble and talk. I finished Stranger Things recently, so I'll probably talk about that. I will, I believe I'll have just seen The Lion King at, at that point as well, so I'll talk about that a little bit. Um, I'll just generally kind of ramble and rant for, I don't know, 15 20 minutes i don't really think about it. i'm not gonna put a timer on it because i might do it for five minutes and give up so who fucking knows um it's very very late on a sunday i did most of the editing but didn't quite get everything done i did the intro i went out for a meal and i've come back and it's quarter past 11 and i've got to go to work which i'm up for in eight hours so i am absolutely shattered um so yeah Next week will be a solo episode, and then uh, I think, as I've said in the previous ones, on Sunday the 11th of August and Sunday the 18th of August, where I'd normally be releasing an episode, uh, I'm not going to. Um, I'm away for two weeks, I'm too busy, Um, I don't want to go on holiday and then, you know, have to do the usual social media posting every week, Um, so I'll just do a standard social media post saying, I'm going away for two weeks, sorry, uh, and obviously, I'll put the episode on the feed that's going to have me sort of rambling and ranting into it, and I will say at the start, you know, this is basically just because Mexico and a couple of other conversations I've got recorded are two-parters, I don't want to release one part and then wait like several weeks before doing the other one, I don't want to release a one part and then release the next one the following week, and me have to be in Mexico and faffing about with it and making sure that all the scheduling is okay, but... I can't be asked. In all fairness, I want my holiday is a nice trip away. You know, I'm going with my girlfriend, um, and I just want to relax. And as much as I love podcasting, um, I'm sure many people have heard me say before, it's a it's a passion project, and I love doing it. But it is just so much work. It's every Sunday, you know, four hours just editing. Uh, in the week, it's you know at least an hour of talking to someone, often two. I normally have to research the conversation, you know, dig ins and outs about the person beforehand, which takes a couple of hours as well. So. Plus social media posting on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook, that sort of jazz, which if anyone listens to this podcast enough knows, I fucking hate doing it. I don't mind posting it on Instagram when I'm doing things, you know, when I'm out or if there's a film review. I quite like writing film reviews, but I just hate writing, you know, pithy things to describe snippets and then have to post 30 different hashtags to try and get people to listen, which sounds like I'm just complaining. And if anyone's listening to the podcast for the first time, it's going to sound like I'm a right old whinger, but I think this is the first time I've ever actually said it, how much I hate it uh, in that degree. You know, I often do occasionally comment saying I don't really like posting on social media too much but it's the only way to get the podcast out there uh so that's why I do it and I speak to other people who are in bands and this that and the other and they're also the same so yeah rambly mess I should have really started this off by saying I'm really sorry because this episode I listened back to it and I said wow incredible so many times I actually pissed myself off so I really do apologize for anyone who was getting aggravated with me saying the same two words constantly because I know sure as hell I was uh, and as you can maybe hear I went to a festival this weekend so I'm absolutely shattered I've been sleeping on an air mattress for two nights um, I had a lot of fun but also I got a cold uh, and I was just chain smoking and drinking the whole weekend so my throat is gone um i was a bit more sprightly in the intro because you know it's a bit more early in the day but i'm just so tired now it's been several hours since then so if you listen to the intro you can hear the difference between me then and me now but um yeah oh also another thing is i was trying to figure out the name of some poet in this episode as well and i couldn't think of her name and i said to um amanda that it would come up as soon as i finished recording and it it did uh sylvia plath um sylvia plath is a poet an old friend of mine really liked um she i think she used to have a house with her partner and they used to sell daffodils or something like that uh she may even be listening my friend uh and if she does she know who she is but 
fucking yeah Sylvia Plath uh, I don't really know much else to say about Sylvia Plath I don't really know much about her I just know that she's a really good poet and that she has a story about daffodils so yay for me um, I'm going to stop now because it's getting late I'm bloody shattered and I'm just going to start whinging about god knows what here so next week I'll be releasing the episode where it's just going to be me by myself I'd really like to hear people's feedback on that sort of stuff um, and obviously I'll include a link to all the stuff to do with Amanda who I spoke with in this conversation so you guys can all go check out her works and stuff so you know, guys, in this slightly more pessimistic outro than what is normally my usual sprightly self, I really do appreciate all of you guys tuning in and listening and sharing and spreading it and anything like that. You know, I don't spend any money on advertising or anything like that. I just spend time. So anyone who's willing to give this a listen, I do really, really appreciate it. So as I said, guys, thank you always. Thanks as always for listening. And I'll talk to all of you next week in a little solo episode.